1: the world and especially the United States
0: Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men.
3: Welcome to the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast. I am your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you for joining us this morning, this afternoon, tonight, whenever and wherever you may be listening around the world as we broadcast on the Fringe FM. Fringe.fm is the website, Talk Stream Live, and the Paranormal Radio app. The Fringe FM also has an app you can download for free. For your mobile device, or just jump onto Fringe.fm or our website, www.thesecretteachings.info. If you missed any of our past shows, or you'd like to listen to a show again, you can subscribe to our full show archive. Whether you do so for a week, a month, or a year, you get access to all the shows, all the montages, all my books, and you can actually share your login as well if you want to split the cost with a friend or family member. When you subscribe for one year, though, you get a little extra. You get a free copy with free shipping in the United States of one of my books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, or the Technological Elixir. You can also buy those books separately on the website, thesecretteachings.info. You can read reviews and see what the books are all about. They are Massive books, 500 pages for Occult Arcana, 500 pages for The Technological Elixir, and almost 350 for Food Philosophy. And these books cover anything and everything you can think about from disease theory and the interesting research that has gone into things like comets and asteroids and solar activity historically and in the present day and its relationship to disease and weather These are well-known facts to some people, but to a lot of people, they never heard of such a thing that a comet can cause us to become sick with what we call influenza or that solar activity can contribute to sickness on Earth. These are things that I talk about in my books, along with a detailed analysis of symbolism and theology in Occult Arcana and artificial intelligence, aliens, UFOs and the music industry and the technological elixir. When you grab a book, maybe more than one book, or you subscribe, it supports The Secret Teachings. It helps to keep us on air five nights a week. And I really, really appreciate it because you have allowed me to do this show to present you with the topics and with the perspectives that I'm able to do uh, five five nights a week, Monday through Friday. You know, we usually have a best-of show on Friday, but we're with you all week here on The Secret Teachings, and I really want to thank you for being with us as well. Don't forget to check out, also, Patreon. We have uh, a handful of Patreon subscribers. I know that takes a while to build up. I'm doing behind-the-scenes videos, and you also, if you're not a subscriber to the show, but maybe you want to support us on Patreon, you also get uh, my digital books, and... Uh, the uh, behind-the-scenes videos and some other stuff, I'm, I'm just slowly building it, so thank you all who have become patrons and have supported the uh, foundation of that new page as I'm working to uh, construct that. Also, our affiliates, Pro and Water Filters. Thank you for uh, all of you who have bought water filters. I think we sold three of them last month. And uh, we just get a small percentage of that. It's like profit sharing. We don't make money otherwise unless you buy one. Great water filters. I've had one for over five years, six years now. I also have one for my shower. It's very necessary to have a water filter. You know, at the very least, you'll have clean drinking water, whether it's out of the tap or it's out of the bathtub, wherever you get your water. You can purify it through these gravity-fed water filtration systems. And there's also U.S. Plus Health offering 20% 20% off to listeners of the show with the promo code TSTCLEAN or the link on our website takes you right to their website. And, uh, you know, even if you just buy a one-gallon bottle of isopropyl alcohol, you know, this stuff is made in America. It's very simple. There's no additional ingredients. Uh, I don't know if you like the word clean. Some people don't like the word clean or just don't like the word pure, but it's a very simple American-made product, a small business. They're giving you 20% off you buy a gallon of isopropyl alcohol or hydrogen peroxide you put that in your medicine cabinet it might not fit in the cabinet but you put that under the sink and now you've got uh isopropyl alcohol or hydrogen peroxide that'll last you probably for you know a couple of years I guess depending on how many how many little nicks and cuts and and whatnot you have to deal with if you have kids or you know maybe you want to clean with it it's another safe cleaning product to use around the house much much safer than those uh You know, things you buy at the grocery store. So anyway, that's all at thesecretteachings.info. Those are my plugs. That's how we support the show. That's where you can find us. And the email is rdgable at yahoo.com. The last two nights, I have tried my best to take you away from what is happening in the mainstream and alternative worlds. You know, there really are these... These dimensional worlds that are constructed by perspectives, uh, bias, belief, etc., and uh, we tend to live in those worlds that essentially are echo chambers, and we sit there and we listen to what the talking heads tell us, whether it's on television or we listen to the radio. You maybe know, you listen to NPR and you just hear the same regurgitation over and over and over again covid-19's on the rise the delta variant is here more variants are coming if you don't get your vaccine vaccines are effective they're they're safe they're safe and effective they're effective and safe they make you you know completely Better if you're sick or they prevent just anything that doesn't even have to be backed up with a scientific statement. You've probably heard everything. And I know that you probably have heard everything because I've heard everything. I've heard things that I never thought I would hear, like 74% of people who got vaccinated in a study from Massachusetts also were testing positive for COVID-19. Some of them were sick, some of them were not, but they could have been sick from anything. They could have been sick from drinking too much. But now you can't get sick from anything except COVID-19 or SARS-CoV-2. I'm sure you've heard everything about masks, about vaccines, about social distancing, about testing. Mologic is the new testing company now, which is literally owned by Bill Gates and George Soros. Type that headline in, Forbes. F-O-R-B-E-S, Forbes, George Soros, Bill Gates, BAT Consortium, $41 million, to buy Mologic. You'll find the news article, or I can send it to you if you email me. CDC is doing away. Within a 48-hour period, a few weeks ago, Mologic became one of the new tests, or it will become one of the new tests, It was set up to become one of the new tests. And the PCR test is being done away with by December 31st of this year, 2021. That's a pretty important piece of information, wouldn't you say? Don't you think that false positive PCR tests that led to the increase in quote-unquote cases and the nightly case count running like a debt clock on the top Corner or the bottom corner of your nightly news feed. Don't you think that's important? That all the cases should be looked at to determine are those people actually sick? Maybe they're asymptomatic. Fine. But the study on asymptomatic transmission was flawed. Just look it up. Type in asymptomatic transmission study flawed, and you will find mainstream scientific publication on that thing or I can send it to you. Someone had actually suggested that I put together like a a page or something that people can go click on all these articles and believe me I should have done that when this whole thing started because I have like a 15 pocket folder and then another 13 pocket folder and I'm I'm I've Tried to organize it as best as I can, but now there's so many papers and documents and studies and reports and articles. I had to buy, I had to buy another folder for it, so I'm, I'm, I need to go through and organize all that. Um, one of our listeners in, uh, in Idaho, Joseph Lavelle, who sends us a lot of really great stuff. Joseph should come on the show sometime, actually. He's a really smart guy. He, uh, he saw the big file. I brought it out when I, when I passed through Idaho on my cross-country trip a couple of months ago. But I have this whole file. And um, I should have done that at the beginning, but I'm going to maybe put together, you know, an email. I have an email on masks with all the mask studies I've been forwarding to people like the actual science. And I have, you know, some emails on other things like the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission Been sending that to some people, you know, because it's basically like everything that we hear about is totally inverted. Like you've probably heard about the uh, Supreme Court case uh, in Massachusetts. Uh, this case back in 1904, the ruling was issued in 1905, Jacobson versus Massachusetts, and it's about this guy named Jacobson. He claimed that getting a smallpox vaccine, which was uh, made law for the local health department to determine, you know, who, who could get it and, and when it was necessary to enforce it, uh, with the exception of children under certain circumstances. And Jacobson, in this case... I guess I was a, you know, I was a nerd. I went and read the entire case. I don't know how many pages it was. It was pretty, pretty long, though. It was like maybe 30 pages, 29, 30 pages. But I read the whole case. And uh, contrary to what the media tells you, the case does not say that Jacobson, who refused a vaccine, was then held down when the judge banged the gavel and injected repeatedly with smallpox vaccines. That's not what the case concluded. It, it was much more balanced than that. And, and even reading it, you can see that the defendant, the state of Massachusetts, uh, the reason in which the court ruled against Jacobson, that the state and the local health authorities can essentially enforce vaccine rules or, or in, in a vaccine law, let's call it, what was was really it had nothing to do with the science of the vaccine it had everything to do with whether the statute was legal or not so basically the plaintiff didn't argue well enough on their stance that's the only reason the defense won the case and they didn't force jacobson to get a vaccine they only under the law forced him to pay the fine so when the media says, "Oh, they can force you to get a vaccine," look at this stu- this case from 1905. Well, read the case. You can find it online. You can find it on from you know Cornell Law School to you know you can just find the, you type in Jacobson versus Massachusetts you, you, PDF and you'll find the you know the 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 government um, PDF file of it. It's 29 pages. That's what I printed out, and you can just read the whole thing for yourself. Uh, we're going to look at that tonight because it's really important, both what the plaintiff and the defense stated in that case and what the ruling of the court was, was that the court, you know, didn't determine the state can force you to get a vaccine. They can just make it a law and then there are consequences if you don't get it. Like you paid the five dollar fine, and although I consider that to be a morally reprehensible decision, depending on what what exactly is argued. Uh, the fact is, Jacobson wasn't held down at gunpoint and injected with something. And that's very, very important. And, and don't you think that's, that's incredibly misleading for the media to use that court case from 1905 to tell you that, oh, there's nothing you can really do. They mandate it. You better get it. It's all to keep you in a state of being petrified so you do what the authorities tell you to do. And I don't even necessarily mean the political authorities. I mean the nightly news authorities, the drug authorities, the people that have a vested interest or have a political interest in getting you to do what they tell you to do. That's that's really what it's all about, because even in that court case, you know what happened? Did you read that court case? Probably not. I just read it before the show tonight, the whole thing. But you know what? That court case said. In that case, it explains all the details of what Jacobson was claiming and what the state of Massachusetts was claiming as the defense. And it, it actually provides, you know, despite the verdict of the case, it actually provides, uh, I would say, defense for the enforcement of vaccines today. Because there, there are certain circumstances in the, ca- in the case where it says that, you know, y- there are uh, uh Determining factors that you shouldn't force someone to get a vaccine due to, you know, health conditions, etc. And that that is the law. And that is why drug companies, vaccine manufacturers in their fact sheets state that you should consult a physician if you're pregnant or going to become pregnant. Uh, You know, despite the New England Journal of Medicine showing that women that received the vaccine in the first to first or second trimester had, you know, virtually, you know, 80 plus percent of them suffered from quote-unquote spontaneous abortions, but it says that not everybody can take it. It's your choice because that's still the law, but they just use the law to confuse you more and they invert the law to make it seem like the law doesn't work in your favor. No, it does. And if you're talking about going to court over something, it's just a matter of making the right case. Uh, This case, Jacobson versus Massachusetts, didn't even specifically state that, uh, you know, the, the, that they were going to listen to expert uh, opinions. They just wanted to know what, this, what the, the health department said and then what the, what the uh, plaintiff was saying. They didn't want to listen to the actual science. This was happening 100 years ago. It's no different than what's happening today. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. We're going to look at that and everything else tonight. So don't go anywhere. Stay with us. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is The Secret Teachings Radio on The Fringe FM.
0: If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hear more while supporting the show, visit the website thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to our show archive as a yearly subscriber you can download and stream every show after it airs and get access to the digital versions of each one of ryan's books the show offers weekly and monthly subscriptions or for 50 dollars a year get access to the archive montages and digital books at a discounted price just visit thesecretteachings.info and click on the donate button Your subscription supports the secret teachings of the Fringe FM and you. Alex Exum. My name is Alex Exum, and you're listening to the Fringe FM.
1: Hey there, I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings. And like my
3: show, I like to associate with people and companies who are passionate about taking steps to a healthier life. Pro One Water Filters brings you simple-to-use systems for the home, business, and even the shower. They filter fluoride, heavy metals, and more, and their shower heads stop chlorine from being vaporized and inhaled. I've personally use their systems now for five years, and they're worth every penny sincerely. Our other affiliate, US Plus Health, is a small American company specializing in hydrogen peroxide solutions, isopropyl alcohol, and hand sanitizers with no additional ingredients like ethanol, chloride, or methanol. They use 100% U.S. materials at an FDA-registered facility. Their simple, non-toxic formulations are both safe and gentle. They evaporate quickly and leave no residue or stickiness. They're even recommended by the CDC, FDA, and WHO as opposed to other toxic chemicals like QACs. Find links to these affiliates, Pro One Water Filters, and US Plus Health on our website, www.thesecretteachings.info for links, or visit usplushealth.com and type in the promo code TSTCLEAN.
0: So are we, KTLK, digital broadcasting, the fringe FM. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit the info or email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hello, folks, this is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret
3: Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. Hey there, I'm Ryan Gable of the Secret Teachings, and I want to share something astounding with you. It's no mistake that Delta equals 4 numerically, and that with its three sides equals 7, the number of revelations that heralds the apocalypse to build a new kingdom on the ashes of the old. The new kingdom is not firstly God's, though, but a false prophet who will be crowned, the Corona. His kingdom is seven years long, but it's cut in half. Delta means change and authority and conveys a deep meaning in holding the eye of God and his infallible name, Yahweh, the Tetragrammaton. It's no mistake, seeing Images of SARS-CoV-2 have little triangles, or that delta waves place people into a disease-unstable state of mind. It's no mistake the biggest global conspiracy is one of depopulation, that its logo is supposedly a triangle, and that delta extracted from the Norse valknut means fertility. These are the patterns that we see in the observations that we make on the Secret Teachings Radio. Five nights a week broadcasting on the Fringe FM. For more information, check out the Secret or email us, rdgable at yahoo.com.
2: Uh, and we are in the midst of one of the historic global
0: transformations uh, that is going to eventually lead to a, a new world order. A new world order. We have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill
1: the promise and vision of the UN's founders.
0: Now, make it very clear, this order does not create FEMA camps to force anyone to quarantine against their will. On my first day in office, I will instruct. Federal Emergency Management Agency FEMA,
3: to begin setting up the first of these centers. Let's now take a look as to what life is like inside quarantine camps from Serbia to Australia to the United States. We really need camps for adults. birds singing. Come on, wake
0: up from the rest. In the America you know doesn't exist in the future. Democracy is dead. The uh, Virginia watches our every move. Around the world, we're closing borders. COVID-19's on the rise. A new world order, behind closed doors. The storm will pass, we'll survive.
3: I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and you are tuned into The Secret Teachings Radio. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go commercial-free for the rest of the broadcast. There is too much to talk about, and I'd like to condense all of it into a single broadcast. This is a montage from the show we did last week called Camp UN. That's where the fun never ends, or Camp Fun, the lowercase f talked about the interim operational considerations for implementing the shielding approach to prevent COVID-19 infections in humanitarian settings published by the centers for disease control, a document presenting considerations from the CDC for implementing the shielding approach in humanitarian settings is outlined in guidance documents focused on camps, displaced populations and low resource settings. And they talk about having these zones established in the household, neighborhood, and camp sector levels, that if you are relatively healthy or able-bodied, you will work in these facilities to take care of other people, and that you will be monitored and that you will have to keep your space clean. Sounds more like a prison than it does any kind of shielding or quarantine-like facility, camp, sector, whatever you choose to call it. And that you won't be able to leave the sector. There will be people that monitor your every move. This is literally in a CDC document that was published just a couple of days ago. Interim operational considerations for implementing the shielding approach to prevent COVID-19 infections in humanitarian settings. And if you look it up online, the USA Today makes fun of it and says, there's no such thing as these camps. But then in this article, they say, well, there are camps. It's Everything is fraud. Everything is misleading. Everything is psychology. And tonight, I want to really go through all the details, and I want to take my time, and I want to I want to give you everything you need to combat the stupidity and to combat the psychological warfare. So I'm going to give you my email, rdgable at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. And for the next 90 minutes, roughly, I am going to break every component, every piece, every segment, every fragment of this thing down so that you can take the information and that you can make an informed decision for yourself. And you, you can, you know, it's not about winning an argument, but you can present this to other people to show people that just watch the news and that don't read the actual You know, like it's not even about science. People will say the USA Today says these camps don't exist. And there's the CDC talking about establishing shielding camps or green zones, as they call them. It's from the CDC's website. I didn't make that up. Can people take that information and create a misleading narrative? They absolutely can. However, it's pretty clear. It's pretty obvious. It's really, really simple what the CDC says in that document. But we're not going to really go into a lot of detail about that tonight. I want to start with this. The FDA, on August 23rd of 2021, approved the first COVID-19 vaccine. August 23rd, 2021, immediate release, FDA.gov. Press release. Today, that's August 23rd, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration approved the first COVID-19 vaccine. The vaccine has been known as the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine and will now be marketed as Comer-Anti for the prevention of COVID-19 disease in individuals 16 years of age and older. The vaccine also continues to be available under emergency use authorization, including for individuals 12 through 15 years of age and for the administration of a third dose in certain immunocompromised individuals. You've also probably seen in the media that the federal government has been pushing for booster shots. Which anybody who has studied what's happened in the last year with an open, objective mind could have told you, as we did, and you probably knew this before you listened to this show, that there were going to be booster shots every couple of months. That there were going to be vaccines a couple of times a year and that this is all planned, and this was organized, this was premeditated. I think it only becomes more obvious every single day we take another step into this dark forest. Here's some good news, though. Governor Kristi Noem of South Dakota tweeted this out on August 23rd. If Joe Biden illegally mandates vaccines... I will take every action available under the law to protect South Dakotans from the federal government. Now that there doesn't matter what your opinion is on a vaccine. That is what a leader looks like. I'll show you what a tyrant looks like. A tyrant and a scumbag looks like governor or former governor Andrew Cuomo here in the State of New York, who was grabbing and assaulting women and sending people to nursing homes to die and attempting and succeeding to prevent people from gathering with their families, threatening people with uh, fines and threatening businesses with closure if they didn't adhere to executive orders Despite the fact that I called the state, I called the governor's office. And when I got through to the governor's office, they hung up on me. So I called the health department. I called the Monroe County Health Department. In fact, let me play this for you. This is what the Monroe County Health Department told me. This was me asking about mask mandates. Now, this was probably one of the strictest states, still is one of the strictest states. And you had an executive order to wear a mask under the circumstances outlined in the executive order. There were exemptions, but nobody wanted to acknowledge those. I called the Department of Health, and this is what happened when I called the Department of
1: Health. Hi, this is the New York State coronavirus hotline, you said? Correct. Okay, excellent. Um, I just have a couple of questions, and I'm a little bit confused. I've been trying to get a hold of somebody who can clarify something for me. Um, I called the hotline yesterday, and I spoke to a gentleman who referred me to an email for the state of New York for the health department in Monroe County. Um, So so this conversation
3: goes on for five and a half minutes, and then I had to make a second call to confirm
1: this, but but this is the conclusion. All that I needed to know... um, longer an executive order for the state of new york for all residents vaccinated or unvaccinated that says they need to social distance and wear a mask that is only a recommendation that has been adopted by the state in replacement of the executive order for all people that's a strongly worded recommendation is what i was told yesterday is that correct correct okay excellent and that's really all. was that simple he says it really
3: really quietly correct yeah, it's a strongly worded recommendation. And then I called again and I got another person on the phone and I talked to this person and they told me the same thing. Another five and a half to six minute conversation. So
0: I'm not sure why someone told you.
1: Well, that's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm looking for. Maybe I misspoke. What I'm saying here is the state has adopted the CDC guidance and recommendations. Correct. Yes. Okay. Now, if that's the case, you're saying you're working with the information on the governatorial website. So if that's the case, I'm asking, is there still an Executive Order 202.34 that tells people they need to social distance and wear masks if they are of a certain age and if they don't have a medical condition, or has that executive order been relinquished and replaced with the CDC guidance? Like is, this, is the state abiding by an executive order now or are they abiding by the CDC? I can't contact the CDC, they don't run states. They're a federal agency that has outside funding and they give recommendations. They don't make laws, they don't enforce laws. So I'm asking from your, yes. your vantage point from the governor, if that's the case. Are we just abiding by the CDC now and we're forgetting the executive order?
0: So we're following the, the governor's
2: executive order, but if the CDC puts out any new information, then that information is given to us to also um, enforce.
1: Right, so how are you enforcing it? Because I was informed yesterday there is no way to this is, enforce This is the key. This is, is the key right here. Simply How's it gonna be enforced? To follow the recommendations and guidelines, is that correct?
2: Yes. So we just enforce it by um, letting callers know that um, it's recommended. That's the
3: most said. There it is. We enforce it by letting callers know that it's recommended. Do you see the word play? This was a couple of months here in New York State. This is what they told me. And this was from the time when we had an executive order to wear a mask to when that executive order expired and the state accepted The CDC's guidance, which has now changed based on a Massachusetts study, that the CDC says 74% of the people who got vaccinated were the people that were sick, or at least tested positive. 74% of the people that tested positive had gotten the vaccine. So... The governor of South Dakota, that's a leader. Andrew Cuomo, not a leader. Andrew Cuomo, a sexual predator. Andrew Cuomo, a piece of human filth. A disgusting, despicable worm. And now he's out of office because he was grabbing, you know, some women's breasts. But that's okay because it's it's progressive to do that. It's very progressive. The, the, the more you can thrust your arm under a woman's blouse, the, the, prog- the more progressive it is. South Dakota has a good governor. Here's the governor of Florida. Uh, I this man is amazing. I love Governor DeSantis. Listen to what this governor had to say and we're going to work into the details of the legalities of this tonight by the way. We're going to look at the the case of Jacobson versus Massachusetts in detail and I'm going to give you all the specifics. All the fact sheets for the vaccines, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, the federal law, everything. I mean, this show tonight is going to have everything, so just stay with us, but we have to build up to it. Here's Governor DeSantis, another great governor in Florida. August 4th, 2021.
2: We're excited to be here and... uh... I just want to say uh, something uh, quickly. um, You know, uh, Joe Biden has taken to himself to try to single out Florida um, over COVID. Uh, This is a guy who ran for president saying he was going to, quote, shut down the virus. And what has he done? He's imported more virus from around the world by having a wide open southern border. You have hundreds of thousands of people pouring across every month. And it's not just from Mexico. In fact, it's rarely from Mexico. You have over 100 different countries where people are pouring through. Not only are they letting them through.
3: Now, I don't know if DeSantis is wearing a, uh, reading a script here, but he looks like he's not reading a script. It looks like it's pretty, uh, maybe a talking point or two. It's it's pretty much coming from the the, the soul. I mean, he definitely has notes
2: around the world, they're coming across that southern border. And so he's not shutting down the virus, he's helping to facilitate it in our country. And what is his big solution? What is he so upset about Florida? His solution is he wants to have the government force kindergartners to wear masks in school. Mm -hmm. He doesn't believe the parents should have a say in that. He thinks that should be a decision for the government. Well, I can tell you in Florida, the parents are going to be the ones in charge of that decision.
3: What an evil, evil man. The parents should be in charge of that decision.
2: And one of the major uh, medical people in his administration just recently told parents that they should be wearing masks at home when they're around their own children. This is insane. Joe Biden also believes that... Vaccination should be mandated by force of government and that you should have to show vaccination status to be able to participate in society. Now, Florida, we're very proud of our seniors' first strategy. You look at the mortality of nursing...
3: Can't actually do that because it's assault if you hold someone down and inject them, but you can enforce it through coercion and through the fear of not being able to participate in society. ...to be
2: able to do it. Biden...
3: And incentives. Get
2: science... Because he denies the fact that people that recover from COVID have long-lasting immunity.
3: That's right. You talk about rejection of science.
2: And again, the data is very clear. So his vision is, just like in New York City, restaurants should ban young kids from being able to... Create
3: a second-class citizen, especially black people, refuse it, segregation
2: 2.0. Just to go to the gym or attend an event or just to participate in everyday society. He wants that, but yet if you want to vote, he thinks it's too much of a burden to show a picture ID when you're voting. So no voter ID
3: is a right hook. To show your medical papers just to ding, be ding, 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 life. give me a break. KO and so
2: I think the question is is we can either have a free society or we can have a biomedical security state. And I can tell you Florida, we're a free state. People are going to be free to choose to make their own decisions about themselves, about their families, about their kids' education, and about putting food on the table. And Joe Biden suggests that if you don't do lockdown policies, then you should, quote, get out of the way. But let me tell you this. If you're coming after the rights of parents in Florida, I'm standing in your way. I'm not going to let you get See,
3: away. this is what a real leader does. You give power to the people. You don't hoard it. If
2: you're trying to deny kids a proper in-person education, I'm gonna stand in your way, and I'm gonna stand up for the kids in Florida. If you're trying to restrict people, impose mandates, if you're trying to ruin their jobs, and their livelihoods, and their small business, if you are trying to lock people down, I am standing in your way, and I'm standing for the people of Florida. So, why don't you do your job? Why don't you get this border secure? And until
3: so it's clearly, clearly a politically motivated speech that DeSantis gave a couple of weeks ago, but it's a 100% spot on. I mean, just the idea that you should have to show vaccine proof to go to the gym, but you don't have to show identification to vote is outlandishly preposterous and egregious. And yet the cognitive dissonance, the, the contradictory beliefs are astounding that some people of a certain political extremist persuasion seem to have. You know, the federal constitution does not give a state the right and does not restrict a right to a state. You know, the federal constitution protects that other than what is listed in the constitution... Each state can make its own laws. So if the federal government attempts to mandate vaccines, states have a right to reject it. Private businesses can attempt to force their employees to receive a vaccine, but there are federal exemptions that protect their rights. This is the beauty of our system in the United States. A state can enforce a vaccine mandate, and I'm sure that one or two states will eventually try it, and they'll claim Jacobson versus Massachusetts, we can enforce it. No, you can't force someone to get a vaccine. In fact, Jacobson, in that case back in 1904-1905, did not get the vaccine, to my knowledge. The case simply was that he had to pay the fine, the consequence of violating the statute. That's all that Jacobson had to do. So the federal government can't force the states to do this. The states can attempt to force individually the individual to do it. But there are exemptions and there is legal recourse. And even in the case of Jacobson versus Massachusetts, what you find is that it was only because of the plaintiff's argument that he lost the case. If he would have argued a little bit of a different argument about how the vaccine could have affected his health. He may have won the case because they certainly were not going to force someone with ill health or someone who might suffer consequences negatively of receiving a vaccine from getting or to get it. So that that's what the actual case says. If you read it, but there there's DeSantis, like the governor of South Dakota, a real governor, a real leader. Now, we have a, an understanding of what each state can do and what the federal government can do. Now that the FDA has approved the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine, or what is now called the Comirnaty, a lot of media outlets and states are going to try to increase methods of coercion, intimidation, fear-mongering, and incentivizing, knowing they cannot force you to receive the vaccine. Now, perhaps the most concerning thing is that some people get angry about that. And they look at South Dakota or Governor Ducey in Arizona or DeSantis in uh, Florida or other states like uh, New Hampshire and they say, how dare you take away our rights to enforce other people to get a vaccine or to force people to wear a mask or social distance? And I don't think anybody's really pointed out the absurdity in such a statement. No, nobody has a right to force another person to do these things. All the state of Florida or Arizona or South Dakota, all these states have done Is say, we are not going to force you, but you are, if you'd like, completely able and free to make your own decision. Get a vaccine, wear a mask. But because the governors aren't authoritarians, because the governors are telling the people to make the decision for themselves, psychopaths, authoritarians, mental patients, and control freaks are losing their, their minds that's what it all breaks down to. So, let's look at the details of this. As we approach the second hour here of the secret teachings tonight. Bloomberg, August 21st. The vaccinated are worried and scientists don't have answers. Might seem like a a headline that really isn't of interest to you, but when you read the article about the Delta variant, this is what it says. Vaccinated people appear to be getting the coronavirus at a surprisingly high rate, but exactly how often isn't clear, nor is it certain how likely they are to spread the virus to others. Did you catch that? From Bloomberg, August 21st, vaccinated people appear to be getting the coronavirus at a surprisingly high rate, but exactly how often isn't clear, nor is it certain how likely they are to spread the virus to others. It goes on. Vaccinated people may be more vulnerable to serious illness than previously thought. Oh, so they just admit it now. The article goes on to talk about the beach town of Provincetown, Massachusetts. That's the, the, the location where the CDC study was uh, drawing its data from, where they found 74% of the people that had, I guess, a confirmed case. They weren't necessarily sick. A confirmed case of COVID-19. Seventy four percent were vaccinated, similar to the the rates in uh, Singapore and Israel and other places. The article from Bloomberg says authors of a CDC case study said this might mean that they were just as likely to transmit COVID-19 as the unvaccinated. They as in the vaccinated, the vaccinated were just as likely to transmit COVID-19 as the unvaccinated. Even so, they cautioned, as more people are vaccinated, it is natural that they would also account for a larger share of COVID-19 infections. And this one study was not sufficient to draw any conclusions. Well, if that's the case, if they're just as likely to spread COVID-19. If more people get vaccinated and that means. Now more people will be testing positive for COVID-19 because of the vaccine. And this study was insufficient in drawing a conclusion, it was not sufficient enough to draw any conclusions, then why get the vaccine if you can still spread it, if you can still get sick, if you're still going to be one of the large numbers of people who are testing positive? And why would the CDC recommend masks if the study isn't conclusive? This is all from Bloomberg. Look this article up. The vaccinated are worried and scientists don't have answers. If they don't have answers, then the FDA should never have approved the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine. If they don't have answers, the CDC should never have recommended wearing masks again. They should never recommend you get the vaccine. If they don't have answers, if the vaccine doesn't protect you, as shown in this CDC case study, Officially, you don't have to be a doctor to read it. It just outright says 74% of the cases were vaccinated. That's a majority. You don't have to be a doctor or a scientist to read this news article where they openly state that that study from the CDC was insufficient in drawing any conclusions about vaccines. You don't have to be an expert in virology. To read to learn that the vaccinated are just as likely, if not more likely, to get sick and transmit the virus. That's, of course, if you believe in viral contagion and that the entirety of the narrative for COVID 19 is not a manufactured hoax. Here's an article. This is very, very important. They keep saying it's safe and effective. The FDA approved the first Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine, now called Comirnaty. Data released today by the Centers for Disease Control. This was August 20th from the children's health defense.org. Maybe you don't like that website. Doesn't really matter. If you look up this article, they have links to the government website for all the statements that are made. Data released on the 20th of August by the Centers for Disease Control showed that between December 14th, 2020 and August 13th, 2021, a total of 595,622 total adverse events were reported to VAERS. Just imagine how many weren't reported. That includes 13,068 deaths. Nearly 600,000 adverse events, 13,000 deaths. This is the official government data from VAERS on the adverse events and deaths of COVID-19 vaccines. Reported to the official vaccine adverse event reporting system, vaers.hhs.gov. There were 81,050 reports of serious injuries, including deaths, during the same period. 81,000 reports of serious injuries. You can keep talking about cases, 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 cases. Cases do not prove sickness, disease, transmissibility, etc. Cases are just numbers. That's all that they are. It's just a number. So there are two important pieces of information. Vaccinated people are able to transmit the virus just as well as anybody else. Vaccinated people tend to test positive. Not just like everybody else, but at a higher rate than everybody else who didn't get a vaccine. And the CDC's case study recommending wearing masks again and that most of the people testing positive are the vaccinated was insufficient to draw any conclusions as per what that implies for vaccines, including Pfizer-BioNTech, which just saw its vaccine approved by the FDA on August 23rd, 2021, two days after that article from Bloomberg Meanwhile, since December of 2020, up until August 13th, 595,000-plus total adverse events reported to VAERS, 13,068 deaths, and 81,050 reports of serious injuries during that same time period. These are official numbers. This is official information. Now, you might think, If it's just official information, then why isn't this on the nightly news? It is. They're using that same study that's inconclusive that actually shows the vaccinated are most likely to transmit and most likely to become, quote unquote, infected, though. I personally don't believe that. I think it's manufactured. The data says if you're vaccinated, you're more likely to get. Infected, you're more likely to transmit or at least as likely to transmit, depending on what data you look at. And the studies have been inconclusive. So if that's the case, and this is based on, Why isn't the media telling you this? Why aren't the doctors and the scientists telling you this? Well, some of them are. An Indiana doctor, Dr. Dan Stock, attempted to address the Mount Vernon Community Schools Board. In a video clip that's since gone viral where he destroys the narrative and he presents a flash drive with all the evidence, including the CDC's own documents. And the Indianapolis Star and other news publications just hammered this guy and said what he's saying is false and misleading. And No, they're taking facts and they're creating a false narrative from the facts and they are misleading you. In that article from the Indianapolis Star, it says, Dr. Stock claims that the vaccines are causing the current surge in COVID-19 cases. Medical experts and public health officials agree that the surge is being caused by the more contagious Delta variant of the disease and low vaccination rates. Yet the CDC document that he submitted, the same one I have, says that if you were testing positive in this case study, it's more likely that you were vaccinated. Why don't they tell you that? Because it's a fraud. Because like any drug company, they do a a thousand tests and they find one test. 999 might have killed every rat. The rat might have exploded, you know, just blown guts and bones all over the room. But if they can find one where the rat didn't explode or implode and just disappear into another dimension with whatever drug they gave them they submit the one study where the rat didn't explode. That's what science is, ladies and gentlemen. That's how drugs are proven safe and effective. You know, if you look at the vaccine trials, you find that people who received a placebo, including in the Pfizer trial, people that received a placebo were just as likely to be protected from SARS-CoV-2 as people who received the vaccine. And, and Pfizer was, they just, you know, they, they, they just whipped it out and they, they threw it around, you know, they dropped their pants, and they were smacking you in the face with it and being like 95%, yeah, take it, 95%, yeah. But you were like 90 plus percent protected if you didn't get the vaccine. It's in the study. It's on their GD website. And, you know, it's like, Ryan, you get really aggressive. Let me explain something to you. The creator of the mRNA vaccine said, don't take it. It's dangerous. The companies like Pfizer, who have just received approval from the FDA this week, show in their own studies that if you don't take their vaccine, you are just as likely to be protected. But if the protection is 94% with a vaccine and 93% without a vaccine, I think the number is more like 94% they claimed or 95% they claimed effective. But if you didn't get it, you were like 90, 92% protected. Out of 44,000 something people, only 170, 172 people were testing positive. And that includes both the vaccinated and the unvaccinated group. Just a few people. And that doesn't even tell you that you're sick. So if you didn't get it, you were 90 plus percent protected without the vaccine in the study. Do you understand what that means? And that's not the only study. I mean, there have been countless trials. Most of them, real world, we're still in the middle of these trials. But they show you that you are just as likely to be healthy to be, you know, perfectly fine and protected even if you don't get the vaccine. That's what the science shows you. But if you can find 95% for the vaccinated, 95, you know, for 94% for the unvaccinated, what you can do is say, look, the vaccine's 95% effective. The only problem with that is if you didn't get it, you're also you're also 94% protected. So there's no need to even get a vaccine when you're protected anyway. Here's that study, by the way. Pfizer and BioNTech, the companies responsible for the 95% effective rate of their vaccine, published November 2020. Primary efficiency analysis demonstrates that the vaccine is 95% effective, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 162 cases were observed in the placebo group versus eight in the vaccine group. This is out of 40. Uh, was it 43,661 participants. 162 in the placebo group tested positive. Didn't even mean they were sick. And the eight in the vaccine group who got quote-unquote sick or tested positive could have been vomiting their livers up through their noses and their mouths and their eyes. And the 162 testing positive in the placebo group could have been glowing, shining examples of health, all based on a false positive test. Moderna, you know, Moderna, they manufacture drugs, MRNA, therapeutics. They also made an agreement to receive $56 million from the DARPA agency, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, to fund development of a mobile manufacturing prototype leveraging Moderna's existing manufacturing technology that is capable of rapidly producing vaccines and therapeutics. Yet, Moderna stated, uh, you know, their vaccine is safe and effective. You read the fact sheet. It's the opposite. How about Merck? Remember Merck? You don't hear a lot about Merck anymore. Merck actually halted their vaccine development. You know why? Well, it says both of their vaccines were generally well tolerated, but the immune responses were inferior to those seen following natural infection and those reported for other SARS-CoV-2 COVID-19 vaccines. In other words, natural infection protects you, just like what the governor of Florida said in that clip I played earlier. So what does all of this mean? This isn't about science. This is about fraud. This isn't about anything except control. It's not about science. It's not even really about politics. It's about psychology. Manipulating and deceiving you Trying to get you to do things that you wouldn't otherwise do to waive your natural God-given rights. Not ones given to you by man, but God-given natural rights. And I'm going to tell you about all of that after this little plug. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. I'm Ryan Gable. Break free for this second, third, and uh, fourth segment tonight. Please go to our website at thesecretteachings.info and subscribe to the show. You can download and stream all the episodes when you are a subscriber. There's a bunch of free episodes on there as well, especially episodes like this. I put out for free because they're so important, and I don't want them to be behind a paywall. You subscribe to the show. It supports what we do here. You get access to the archive, the montages, including the one you heard earlier, and access to my books. If you get a copy of Food Philosophy and or the Technological Elixir, a lot of this, this information is, is in those books. The Technological Elixir has a whole chapter on what we're talking about tonight. Food Philosophy has a whole section on, on disease or germ theory, in, including the history of vaccines and, and where they came from and, and, and what that word vaccine means and, and uh, the, the history of smallpox and things like that. So those are important books. You can buy the book separate or you get a free copy of one of those books when you subscribe for one year. Uh, it's 50 bucks for the year. And I do it on an honor system, too. If you, you know, email me and you're like, I can't afford that, can you take $20, you know, $25 usually, something like that? You know, usually I just say, yeah, uh, we can do a whole year for 25 bucks. I, I can't send you the book for that because it's way under cost, but I can still give you the subscription to get into the archive where everything's in one place and you can listen to the shows, download them, whatever. I, I, I don't want to keep things restricted, but I have to make an income for this. I think you can understand that. I hope you can understand that. Uh, and that's what we have with the subscriptions and the books. Also, Patreon with behind-the-scenes videos. Check that out. Patreon. It's on our website. There's a link to it. You can just become a patron that way. And check out our affiliates, Pro One Water Filters. Purify your water. It's really simple. Uh, really, really easy. And uh, US Plus Health, another company that we have an affiliate with. Links to those websites can be found at www.thesecretteachings.info. My email, rdgable at yahoo.com. So let's get into what excites me perhaps the most. Associated Press, August 18th, 2021. This is where it gets real serious. A federal court says a medical college in North Louisiana cannot force students to get COVID-19 vaccinations as a condition of enrollment. Three students at the Edwards Via College of Osteopathic Medicine in Monroe filed a lawsuit earlier this month, objecting to getting the vaccine on religious grounds. The college is a private institution, but it operates on the campus of the University of Louisiana at Monroe. A federal judge ruled that the medical college's collaborative agreement with the public state university makes it subject to state laws banning religious discrimination and permitting students to dissent from vaccine requirements. U.S. District Judge Terry Doughty said the private college violated that law with its vaccination policy. Do you know how important this federal judge's decision is? It might be one of the most important news stories of 2021. Has nothing to do with the safety, the efficiency, the science of vaccines or masks or social distancing. It has nothing to do with politics. It's based on the law. The law that nightly news attempts to shred and distort every night the law that mobs and hordes of particularly progressive hysterics spit on and defecate on every single day. It's the law that protects their right to defecate on it. A U.S. district judge, a federal judge, Terry Doughty, said a private college in Louisiana Edwards via College of Osteopathic Medicine violated the law when they attempted to force students to get a vaccine. Three students at the college filed a lawsuit in early August objecting on religious grounds. U.S. District Judge Terry Dottie said the college, even though it was private, violated the law with its vaccine policy and they had to reverse it that is an enormous news story that is a critical federal judgment it doesn't mean that it affects any other state but this is an incredibly important decision by a federal judge it's not so much that the system is broken as people say and that you know attorneys and judges and And and, and the court itself, like it's all rigged and it's all just fake and a fraud. And like in a lot of ways it is. But the point of the matter, the fact of the matter is there's still power in that system. And if the judges and and if the, the, the juries are honest, then you find that the law, when it is enforced, protects everybody equally. Now, they're doing the same thing in Arizona with executive orders. And uh, there's a Senate bill, 1825, and a House bill, 2897, along with an executive order banning enforcement of masks, or at least mandating of masks. You can still wear a mask, still get a vaccine, but colleges in Arizona cannot make a vaccine a requirement of enrollment. And receiving an education, just like the governor of Florida said. I'm sure it's what the governor of South Dakota is going to do as well. And it's what the U.S. District Judge Terry Dottie ruled in Louisiana. A college cannot force you to get a vaccine, even if it's a private college. In this case, that college was on state ground and to force students to receive a vaccine was a violation of the law. That is an enormous story that needs to be spread far and wide. And it's hard to find that story in the news. But if you look it up, U.S. Judge Blocks Medical College's vaccine requirement. The author of this article, Kevin McGill, from the Associated Press. It did make the AP, but you go try to find that article. It's a little bit difficult to find. Now, Jacobson versus Massachusetts. Jacobson versus Massachusetts has been cited in the media time and time and time again. And they're citing it, claiming that it allows for states to enforce mandatory vaccines. However, that is incredibly misleading and it's highly disingenuous. I don't even know if the people referencing Jacobson versus Massachusetts a 1904-1905 case I don't even know if those people are aware of it if they've read it or they just think it it means that police can hold you down and inject you with a with with a with a vaccine. I mean if, if that's what's people if that's what people believe then they haven't read the case. The the, the case is a, is a, it's a very balanced Thing When you read it, it actually provides that the plaintiff made, you know, uh, Jacobson made mistakes in his in his plea with the court uh, and that he also had, uh, you know, some good points depending on the circumstantial or the circumstantial nature of what was being, uh, you know, uh, uh, claimed and that the defense, you know, could have made, you know, the state of Massachusetts could have made error as well. And what they uh, were claiming as a defense of the right to enforce these these local um, uh, orders, these local statutes to enforce, you know, enforce vaccines. So you have to read the damn thing, not just parrot what a bunch of hacks on the media claim. Oh, Jacobson versus Massachusetts, they can they can force you to get any vaccine. That's not what it actually says. It, in fact, it's the opposite. The only thing that Jacobson had to do was pay a $5 fine. Did you know that? Jacobson didn't have to get a vaccine. But, you know, if you look it up on, like, Wikipedia, here's what it says on Wikipedia. Jacobson versus Massachusetts was a United States Supreme Court case in which the court upheld the authority of states to enforce compulsory vaccination laws. Well, what's the vaccination law? It was a statute that said if you don't get the vaccine, you have to pay the $5 fine. Jacobson didn't want to pay the fine, but he had to eventually pay the fine. He just didn't get the vaccine. So they didn't enforce the vaccine requirement. Just the the law or the statute that said he had to pay $5 if he refused or if anybody refused. So here is that case. Let me read you some of this case. Statement of the case. This is page number two. If you get the PDF that I mentioned, it's uh, type in Jacobson versus Massachusetts PDF, and it'll pull up on a government website. You can download the PDF, print it out. This will be page two, uh, technically page number 12 in the top left hand corner. And it gives a, a summary of the case. The case involves the validity under the Constitution of the United States of certain provisions in the statutes of Massachusetts relating to vaccination. The revised laws of that Commonwealth C-75 and Section 137 provide that, quote, the Board of Health of a city or town, if, in its opinion, it is necessary for the public health or safety, shall require and enforce the vaccination and revaccination of all the inhabitants thereof, and shall provide them with the means of free vaccination. Whoever, being over 21 years of age and not under guardianship, refuses or neglects to comply with such requirement, shall forfeit $5. So when you read on Wikipedia or in the mainstream media that Jacobson versus Massachusetts was a Supreme Court case where the court upheld the authority of states to enforce compulsory vaccination laws. It takes us to the revised laws of Massachusetts, the Commonwealth, C 75, Section 137, that gives the Board of Health of a city or town, if it is of the opinion of that Board of Health, that it's a necessity for the public health or safety to require all to receive a vaccine, with the exception of age. Including, uh, you know, particularly children uh, under the age of 21, but over the age of 21, inhabitants they shall receive the free vaccine. Whoever, being over 21 years of age and not under guardianship, refuses or neglects to comply with such requirement, shall forfeit five dollars. That is what the case was all about. Five dollars, literally. The case was about five dollars. Now. You could certainly use this case as reference to a state having a right to enforce the compulsory vaccination laws. But it's misleading to use it in that way, in my opinion, because Jacobson, Henning Jacobson, his full name, Henning Jacobson didn't receive the vaccine. He just had to pay the $5. Here is what The statement of the case proceeds with an exception is made in favor of, quote, children who present a certificate signed by a registered physician that they are unfit subjects for vaccination. I'm not sure if that means anybody under 21. I assume it's anybody under 21 because. The laws of Massachusetts stated. Whoever being over 21 years of age and not under guardianship, refuse. Uh, Refuses or neglects to comply with such requirement shall forfeit $5. It goes on to say, proceeding under the above statutes, the Board of Health of the City of Cambridge, Massachusetts, on the 27th day of February 1902, adopted the following regulation, quote, whereas smallpox has been prevalent to some extent in the City of Cambridge and still continues to increase, and whereas it is necessary for the speedy extermination of the disease that all persons not protected by vaccination should be vaccinated. And whereas in the opinion of the Board, public health and safety require that uh, the vaccination or revaccination of all the inhabitants of Cambridge be it ordered that all the inhabitants of the city who have not been successfully vaccinated since March 1st of 1897 be vaccinated or revaccinated. The statement of the case proceeds the defendant being over 21 years of age. That's Henning Jacobson. And not under guardianship refused and neglected to comply with. With such requirement, it proceeds the defendant, having been arraigned, pleaded not guilty. The government put in evidence the above regulations adopted by the Board of Health and made proof tending to show that its chairman informed the defendant that by refusing to be vaccinated, he would incur the penalty provided by the statute and would be prosecuted thereof. He was prosecuted under the statute. Of Massachusetts that stated, if you do not receive, you refuse to receive, you neglect to receive the vaccine, you will, quote, forfeit $5. That's what the case was about. Whoever being over 21 years of age and not under guardianship, refuses or neglects to comply with such requirements, shall forfeit $5. The summary of the case or the statement of the case says that the defendant refused and neglected to comply with such requirement. The government put in evidence showing that the regulations adopted by the Board of Health stated that all individuals must receive that vaccine. If they neglect or refuse, they must forfeit $5. And the chairman informed the defendant that by refusing to be vaccinated, he would incur the penalty provided by the statute and would be prosecuted there for. That means he had to pay the $5. It proceeds. And the court instructed the jury in substance that if they believed the evidence introduced by the Commonwealth and were satisfied beyond a reasonable doubt that the defendant was guilty of the offense charged in the complaint, they would be warranted in finding a verdict of guilty. A verdict of guilty was thereupon returned. The case was then continued. For the opinion of the Supreme Judicial Court of Massachusetts, that court overruled all the defendants' exceptions, sustained the action of the trial court, and thereafter, pursuant to the verdict of the jury, he was sentenced by the court to pay a fine of $5, and the court ordered that he stand committed until the fine was paid. You understand that the argument of this case was over whether or not the state could enforce the vaccine's This is what the case was all about. The Commonwealth of Massachusetts had a right to enforce compulsory vaccination laws, statutes. Local authorities determined, based on their opinion, when the public should be vaccinated. If they determined it was, and again, their opinion, it was necessary to protect the health and safety of the community. Children could be exempt from this. Under a certain age, you were considered a child. Otherwise, if you neglected or refused in Massachusetts to receive the vaccine, you forfeited in Cambridge, Massachusetts, $5. And that was the conclusion of the case. Pursuant to the verdict of the jury, he, that's Jacobson, was sentenced by the court to pay a fine of 5 dollars and the court ordered that he stand committed until the fine was paid jacobson was never held down restrained jailed etc in order that he receive the smallpox vaccination this is what can be so confusing about law it's open to interpretation And what Jacobson argued and what the state of Massachusetts argued, in my opinion, were on two different wavelengths. Jacobson argued that the compulsory vaccination law and statute, the statute was a violation of the preamble of the Constitution and a violation of the 14th Amendment. This is what Jacobson argued. Massachusetts argued that they had a right to enforce this statute to protect the safety and health of the public. It's just a matter of who argued better. Fourteenth Amendment, for those of you who might not know it by heart, says no state shall it make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty or property without due process of law. Nor deny to any person with its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. You know, today a lot of people think, you know, that this is a new frontier, that there haven't been people throughout history who have fought legally against these types of mandates and enforcements, but there have been. And For some reason, people think that they can use the case of Jacobson versus Massachusetts to convince you because it's so complicated, the law is, and it's so arbitrary in some way. People can have their opinion and, you know, as long as you argue it better and make a good point, um, you could feasibly convince people of something that isn't necessarily, you know, accurate or or it's not exactly accurate. So when you look at the case, Jacobson was forced to pay the five dollars. He was not forced to get the vaccine. He was forced to abide by the statute of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, meaning that since he refused and neglected to receive the smallpox vaccine, he was subject to the statute, meaning that he had to pay the five dollars. That's what this is all about. And if you go through and you read the rest of this, there's quite a bit to to read. But the opinion of the court stated this in the final page of the case. Until otherwise informed by the highest court of Massachusetts, we are not inclined to hold that the statute establishes the absolute rule that an adult must be vaccinated if it be apparent or can be shown with reasonable certainty That he is not at the time a fit subject of vaccination or the vaccination by reason of this uh, of his then condition would seriously impair his health or probably cause his death. No such case is here presented. This was the opinion of the court. It is the case of an adult who this is Jacobson. For aught that appears was himself in perfect health and a fit subject of vaccination now. This is maybe my favorite statement in the case. Maybe I'm a little bit of a nerd, but check this out. You know what that implies? It is the case of an adult who, for aught that appears, was himself in perfect health and a fit subject of vaccination. The court opinioned that Henning Jacobson was an adult who in appearance was himself, quote, in perfect health. And yet, the opinion of the court was that the statute should still be enforced. But, despite that being the verdict of the case, the opinion of the court was not so direct. The opinion of the court was that, until otherwise informed by the highest court of Massachusetts, we are not inclined to hold that the statute establishes the absolute rule that an adult must be vaccinated if it be apparent or can be shown with reasonable certainty that he is not at the time a fit subject of vaccination. And so on. In other words, the statute is not absolute, as are the the constitutional guidelines, the laws that govern our country are not absolute in the sense that, you're not always free from being detained. If you kill somebody, if you rob a, a a bank, you're going to be detained if you get caught. You know, that's pretty common knowledge. But in the opinion of the court, we are not inclined to hold that the statute establishes the absolute rule that an adult must be vaccinated depending on the circumstance. And then they opinioned that Jacobson was in perfect health. So why, if he was in perfect health, or anybody was in perfect health, they'd be required to get the vaccine? Well, they could get sick. Well, then it should be a personal decision. I consider still the verdict of this case to be morally Inaccurate or morally misleading, but it ultimately breaks down to the argument that the state of Massachusetts made that they have a right as a state to enforce such a vaccine statute. However, it's also based on the opinion of the local Board of Health, and the court even opinioned in the case that it's not an absolute authority of the state to enforce this, depending on the person's well-being. And then they opinioned that Jacobson was a healthy person, so he shouldn't have needed the vaccine to begin with. That's what the case actually determined. And once again, the next time you read Jacobson versus Massachusetts, 1905, oh, my God, they can make me get a vaccine. That's not what the ruling was about. The verdict in the case was this pursuant to the verdict of the jury he was sentenced by the court to pay a fine of 5 dollars. Now, you don't want to go down that road because if you say uh, you know, oh, I'll pay the $500 fine, you know. I'll pay the $1000 fine, I'll pay the I'll pay the, the 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 99 cent fine, whatever. Well, that sets a dangerous precedent. And that's why I feel as if the decision of the of the court was still morally wrong and he should not have been forced to pay the five dollars, although the verdict was based on the state of Massachusetts having a right to enforce the statute. And there are other ways you could have argued that, which is really what law is all about. You could have argued that Jacobson, um, you know, could have been adversely affected. You could have argued that more to to the point, and that's why he's refusing and it shouldn't be subject to the fine. Although it's interesting, if you flip through the uh, the case, it, it also talks about how it's not really applicable for the court to hear the opinions of other experts, which I thought was really interesting. It's not really uh, the court's prerogative to hear the opinions of experts. They just want to hear, in this case, what Jacobson was claiming versus what the authorities, the health authorities were claiming. And this this case is, it just goes... Goes on and on. It's a big. It's a big case. Uh, twenty nine pages. Big in the sense that it's it's a lot to read. It's written in legal legalese, um. But it's really interesting. And uh, if you have a chance to read this thing, you should read it. At the very least, just read the case summary. This is interesting. The argument for a defendant. The courts may not listen to conflicting expert testimony as to the efficiency or hurtfulness of vaccination in general. The legislature is the only body which has power to determine whether the anti-vaccinationists or the majority of the medical professors are in the right. I thought that was an interesting statement. That says a lot. But again, remember, U.S. District Judge Terry Dottie said a private college in Louisiana violated the law They cannot force you to get a vaccine to attend school, the Edwards via College of Osteopathic Medicine. So now that we understand that, we can move on to perhaps, if not the second most important piece of information I'm going to give you tonight. I think Jacobson versus Massachusetts and this U.S. district judge, I think those are two important things. Maybe they're the most important. I don't know. Whatever helps you. Maybe this is the more practical thing to help you, though. If your employer... Fires you because you won't get the COVID vaccine. What happens? Can they fire you? Well, they can fire you for any reason. Just like it's illegal to do certain things. Uh, you know, it's there's laws against murdering and stealing. And like, you, you can't do those things. It's societally unacceptable and it's, it's wrong. And, you know, the thing is, We get really confused because we are inundated with just nonstop information. And some of it, so much of it is politicized that we don't have a moment to to look at it objectively, as in the case of Jacobson versus Massachusetts. Ruling was not that he could be held down and get a vaccine. It was that he had to pay five dollars. That was the ruling. If your employer fires you because you won't get the COVID vaccine, or if you're worried about being fired because you haven't taken the vaccine, what can you do? There have been three articles I've seen, Market Watch, The New York Times, and The USA Today, just three seemingly random articles that I looked at. And they all talk about what happens if you refuse a vaccine, you know, you could be fired. What you There's a bunch of stuff that these articles go into. One employment attorney said, quote, this could lead to tens of thousands of people across the United States without work or access to unemployment benefits because they refuse to get vaccinated. So you refuse to get vaccinated, you are terminated, you don't get unemployment benefits. But there are ways around that. I am not a lawyer, been thinking about going to law school, but I was also thinking that even in states Where you can be fired for any reason, right to work states like New York, if you were to file a complaint against your employer with the Department of Labor, claiming if and only if it were actually true, you are being harassed at work and you are being intimidated and threatened at work, you have been harassed over receiving a vaccine or over whether or not you've received a vaccine. You are being intimidated and threatened that if you don't get it, you could or might or may be fired. File a complaint with as many agencies as you can, and then if you are fired, you could sue for wrongful termination based on the inability of an employer to retaliate for reports of things like an unsafe work environment, discrimination, harassment, etc. That's what I would do, just to document it. The New York Times says, who can make you get a COVID vaccine? Under many of these orders, those who remain unvaccinated, including people who can't get a vaccine because of a disability or conflicting religious beliefs, will instead have to follow strict guidelines like regular COVID testing, masking, and social distancing. Can your employer require you to get the vaccination? The short answer is yes, though a vast majority have not. Any company is within its legal right to require employees to get vaccinated, barring any conflicting disability or religious belief, according to the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. Once again, just like Jacobson versus Massachusetts, the public has been misled by the mainstream media. They say that you can be forced to get a vaccine barring conflicting disability or religious belief. They then take the medical exemption, i.e. the conflicting disability, and they take the quote-unquote religious belief, and they attempt to define those medical and religious exemptions as someone who would have a condition that is so obvious that they could not get a vaccine. And those are the only people who could claim medical exemption. They don't explain who, which they have a moral obligation, I think as the New York times or any newspaper to publish Maybe as a disclaimer, some medical conditions could be people who have a history of allergic reactions to some of the ingredients in the vaccines or people that have a heart condition, people that have a history of blood clots, people that are pregnant. These are all things stated in the vaccine fact sheets through AstraZeneca, Pfizer, BioNTech, and Moderna. These are things that the companies state in the fact sheets and their fact sheets for people that distribute the vaccines and give the vaccines and people that receive the vaccines. You're supposed to be informed of all of this informed consent, which also means you are not being intimidated or coerced into receiving the vaccine. And there can be no adverse consequences to receiving or not receiving a vaccine by choosing not to receive a vaccine. So this is really important. And now they're telling you that if you refuse a vaccine, you might have to pay for your own medical bills. Well, um, you should be paying for your own medical bills anyway. We shouldn't have a totally 100% socialized form of medicine. So, yeah, um, sure, I will willingly pay for my own medical bills. Here is, let's see, probably the, this is probably one of the most important things alongside of the, uh, the judge's ruling in Louisiana and the Jacobson versus Massachusetts verdict that Jacobson didn't have to get the vaccine, he just had to pay the $5 fine, which I still think is morally wrong, but nonetheless, it does not set a precedent for a state to forcibly hold you down to receive the vaccine. And just as there are businesses that might want you to show proof of vaccine to enter their establishment, other businesses can do the opposite and not require proof because they cannot force you to do it. They can only coerce and intimidate you to do it. It's a violation, especially considering that most of the intimidation, coercion, manipulation, distortion of reality facts, taking of information out of context, etc. All of it was done prior to the FDA approving the first COVID vaccine on the 23rd of August 2021. It was a violation of the Nuremberg Code of 1947. Here's why. The voluntary consent of the human subject is absolutely essential. This means that the person involved should have legal capacity to give consent, should be so situated as to be able to exercise free power of choice without the intervention of any element of force, fraud, deceit, duress, overreaching or other ulterior form of constraint or coercion, and should have sufficient knowledge and comprehension of the elements of the subject matter involved as to enable him to make an understanding and enlightened decision. Nuremberg Code, 1947, Permissible Medical Experiments. Now the media will try to say, well, the Nuremberg Code doesn't apply. Pfizer's vaccine was approved. On the 22nd of August, going all the way back to when they gave out the first vaccine, There was no FDA approval. The companies, the doctors, the hospitals, the pharmacists, the pharmacies, the businesses, all of them that gave out the vaccine, that threatened people, intimidated people, attempted to incentivize or coerce people, who deceived people, who actively participated in fraud, who put people into a position of duress, etc., all violated the Nuremberg Code. All those people aren't going to be sentenced to death. But people need to go to jail. Remember remember that movie um, National Treasure with Nicolas Cage? And he's sitting with the FBI. It was like the FBI director, one of the heads of the FBI in the church. And they, they found the treasure. And the FBI you know, said, said what can... What can we do for you? And Nicholas Cage said, Well, i you know, he says, I want immunity for my friends, but I'd really like not to go to prison. And he says, Well, somebody's got to go to prison. Yeah, somebody's gotta go to prison. Fauci needs to go to prison for a lot of different things. Bill Gates needs to go to prison. Klaus Schwab needs to be locked up in a gulag. These people are evil. These people are criminals. The bottom line is, if you attempted to coerce, deceive, force, etc., people to receive an experimental vaccine, that is a violation of the Nuremberg Code of 1947. Do you know what the punishment for that is? Death. Things got real serious. This isn't a game. This isn't a right-wing talk show. This is serious, an experimental vaccine. The voluntary consent of the human subject is absolutely essential. So you can say, well, I volunteered to get it. But that also means voluntary consent is a person involved having legal capacity to give consent, situated as to be able to exercise free Power of choice. Free power of choice means there's no element of force. There's no fraud. There's been legions of fraud. There's no deceit. There's been legions of deceit. There's no duress. There's no overreach nor other ulterior form of constraint or coercion. Every single thing we have heard from the White House, the CDC, the FDA, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter... Anything that's allowed to circulate has been based on coercion, duress, deceit, and fraud. But the person should have sufficient knowledge and comprehension of the elements of the subject matter involved as to enable him to make an understanding and enlightened decision. That's why in the fact sheets for the vaccines, they tell you it's your choice to get it because they are covering their asses. That's the Nuremberg Code, 1947. Here is the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission posting an updated and expanded technical assistance on May 28th of 2021 related to the COVID-19 pandemic addressing questions arising under the federal Equal Employment Opportunity Laws. So remember when the New York Times said your employer can force you to get a vaccine. But there are religious exemptions and medical exemptions. And they use the word in the New York Times article that they can force you to get it. They have a legal right to require employees to get vaccinated barring any conflicting disability. Most people think, well, I don't have a disability. So they can't use that as an argument. No, conflicting disability means medical exemption or a religious belief. A lot of people don't have religious beliefs. They think, well, that doesn't apply to me religious belief doesn't mean you're a Christian. Religious belief, practice, or observance are the three words used in the EEO laws. And I can prove that to you right now. U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. What you should know about COVID-19 and the ADA, the Rehabilitation Act, and other EEO laws. Flip through it. Go online and type that in. What you should know about COVID-19 and the ADA, the Rehabilitation Act, and other EEO laws. U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, type in something of that headline and hit three letters on your keyboard, P-D-F. And when you find it, you will find exactly what I am about to read you in Section K, COVID-19 Vaccinations, EEO Overview. Here's what it says. Pay attention because this is extremely important. The federal EEO laws do not prevent an employer from requiring all employees physically entering the workplace to be vaccinated for COVID-19. Kind of sounds like Jacobson versus Massachusetts. State of Massachusetts can enforce compulsory vaccine. But the verdict of the case, although that is what was implied, was that Jacobson didn't have to get a vaccine, just had to pay the $5 if he refused the vaccine. So employers can require the vaccine subject to the reasonable accommodation provisions of Title VII and the ADA and other EEO considerations discussed below. These principles apply if an employee gets the vaccine in the community or from the employer. In some circumstances, Title VII and the ADA require an employer to provide reasonable accommodations for employees who, because of a disability or a sincerely held religious belief, practice, or observance, do not get vaccinated for COVID-19 unless providing an accommodation would pose an undue hardship on the operation of the employer's business, you know. If it was going to cost a million dollars to accommodate this employee, that's not a reasonable accommodation, but it's all also very arbitrary. Section K2. Examples of reasonable accommodations. An employee who does not get vaccinated due to disability covered by the ADA or a sincerely held religious belief practice or observance covered by Title VII may be entitled to a reasonable accommodation that does not pose an undue hardship on the operation of the employer's business. Again, Excessive amounts of money to accommodate this employee. Most of the time, it's not that difficult. You, you take a thermometer test when you come in in the morning, you know, work in another, you know, more closed off area. The, these are reasonable accommodations. Title Seven and COVID-19 vaccines. Here's what it says. Title Seven and COVID-19 vaccines, k Point one, two under Title seven. How should an employer respond to an employee who communicates that he or she is unable to be vaccinated for COVID-19 or provide documentation or other confirmation of vaccination because of a sincerely held religious belief practice or observance? Here's what the law says. Once an employer is on notice that an employee's sincerely held religious beliefs, practice, or observance prevents the employee from getting a COVID-19 vaccine, the employer must provide a reasonable accommodation unless it would pose an undue hardship. EEOC guidance explains that the definition of religion is broad and protects beliefs, practices, and observances with which the employer may be unfamiliar Therefore, the employer should ordinarily assume that an employee's request for religious accommodation is based on a sincerely held religious belief practice or observance. So you need to document this with your employer. You need to submit the request for the exemption based on a religious belief, observation, or observance. And there are lots of examples of this on the internet, but you want to go to official sources, the Louisiana Attorney General, for example, uh, Bob Barnes, the Barnes Law Firm, they have some examples of these letters. Just be careful where you get an example. You want to get it from a law firm, you want to get it from the Attorney General's office, or you could try to write one yourself, but you just got to be careful how you word it. You are just basically and simply requesting. You are presenting, It's probably a better way to word it, you are presenting This is a religious exemption based on, and you can state the laws as listed here in this this document from the EEOC. You could even link this up, you know, submit the page if you want with the letter, quote it at least. I have a sincerely held religious belief, practice, and or observance, and I am exempt under federal law from receiving this vaccine. And you go into the details as much as you want, but it's probably best to keep things simple, and the employer is. Must provide a reasonable accommodation. They must accept the exemption. You know, with the exception of you running around every day saying, I hate religion, I hate religion, I hate religion, I love vaccines, love vaccines, love vaccines. And then one day you're like, well, I don't want to get this one. You have a right to change your mind, but then the employer has a right to say, well, you've always been pro-vaccine. What happened? Um, We're going to require you to get it. And then you'd have to fight. No business... You know, unless they're paid by the ADL or the Southern Poverty Law Center or George Soros, no business wants to go to court and and debate this and argue this and fight this and spend the money to do that. They'll just, if you know the law, they'll accommodate you or you sue them and you settle it. You get money or you retain your job. Like, it's not as complicated. It's a long, complicated process, but the idea is not as complicated as the media makes it out to seem. If you refuse it, oh, my God, all these horrible things are going to happen. But that's not really the case what you should know about COVID-19 and the ADA, et cetera, Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. You can find that online. Here are some definitions of informed consent. Informed consent, Cornell Law School. Informed consent occurs when there is an agreement to an interaction or action rendered with knowledge of relevant facts, such as the risks involved or any available alternatives. Informed consent often comes up in the context of legal ethics, medical treatment, and waiver of constitutional rights. They want you to waive your constitutional rights. They want you to give them full permission to violate your bodily autonomy. They want full Informed consent permission to violate the Nuremberg Code. And they're doing it with fraud, deceit, duress, and coercion. This is informed consent. It doesn't mean like, hey, here's a vaccine, take it. Uh, You won't get sick if you take it. Or there's no side effects. And They lie, lie, lie. All of that is a violation of the Nuremberg Code as well. All of that is a violation of the law you know, blank vaccine inserts. Here's informed consent from HHS.gov. Health and Human Services Regulation 45 CFR Part 46. For the protection of human subjects and research, require that an investigator obtain the legally effective informed consent of the subject or the subject's legally authorized representative. The requirement obtained... Uh, to obtain the legally effective informed consent of individuals before involving them in research is one of the central protections provided for under the HHS, uh, HHS regulation at 45 CFR Part 46. This requirement is founded on the principle of respect for persons, one of the three ethical principles governing human subjects research described in the Belmont Report. The principle of respect for persons requires that individuals be treated as autonomous agents and that the rights and welfare of persons with diminished autonomy be appropriately protected. Respect for persons requires the prospective research subjects, quote, be given the opportunity to choose what shall or shall not happen to them, end quote. And thus necessities adequate standards for informed consent, disclosing to potential research subjects information needed to make an informed decision, facilitating the understanding of what has been disclosed and promoting the voluntariness of the decision. That's why they always say it's your decision, it's your decision, it's your decision, it's your decision. There's no adverse effects. There's no adverse effects. It's all a fraud. It's a violation of the law. It's a violation of the Nuremberg Code. Let me tell you what these fact sheets say as evidence from Pfizer, Moderna, and Janssen. Here is Pfizer. The symptoms of the illness, fever, chills, shortness of breath, fatigue, muscle or body aches, headaches, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea. Side effects of the vaccine. They tell you there aren't a lot. Looks like there's actually more side effects to the vaccine than there are to the symptoms of COVID-19. These include difficulty breathing, swelling of your face and throat, a fast heartbeat, a bad rash all over your body, dizziness and weakness. And I double highlighted these because these are the same side effects as the symptoms of the disease. COVID-19 side effects or symptoms. Fever, chills, shortness of breath, fatigue, muscle or body aches, headaches, nausea or vomiting, diarrhea, side effects or symptoms of the vaccine, tiredness, headache, muscle pain, chills, fever, diarrhea, vomiting. The symptoms of COVID-19 are identical to the side effects of the vaccine. They are actually less severe than the side effects of the vaccine, which include chest pain, shortness of breath, feelings of having a fast beating, fluttering or pounding heart, swelling of your face or throat. Difficulty breathing, a bad rash, dizziness, and weakness. Who should not get the Pfizer vaccine? Those who have had a severe allergic reaction after a previous dose. Those who have had a severe allergic reaction to any ingredient of the vaccine. There's your golden goose. If you've had an allergic reaction to any of the ingredients or you are allergic uh, have had reactions to vaccines. You don't have to get it. This is part of the informed consent. They know how to legally write this to deceive you. Same thing from Moderna and from Janssen. Here's a Moderna. Moderna says, symptoms of COVID-19, fever, chills, shortness of breath, fatigue, muscle or body aches, headache, nausea, vomiting. What about the side effects of the vaccine? Well, they're fatigue, headache, muscle pain, joint pain, chills, nausea, vomiting, and a fever. The same Side effects of the vaccine as the side effects of the symptoms of the so-called COVID-19. What are the risks, though? Well, you also get with the vaccine as opposed to the so-called sickness, difficulty breathing, uh, dizziness, weakness, chest pain, shortness of breath, feelings of having a fast beating, fluttering, or pounding heart. Same thing with the Pfizer vaccine. And here's Janssen. One of the side effects of, the, of, of this vaccine is guillain barr syndrome. even says that in the fact sheet. Guillain-Barre syndrome, a neurological disorder in which the body's immune system damages nerve cells, causes muscle weakness, and sometimes paralysis has occurred in some people who have received the Janssen COVID-19 vaccine. Literally, a severe neurological disorder is the side effect of the GD vaccine, which takes us to the journal Microbiology and Infectious Diseases when they talked about abnormal folding of, of prions in the brain, of the proteins, that then cause neurological disorders it's in the medical literature so when you read Jacobson versus Massachusetts when you see the US judge in Louisiana the federal judge rule that the university cannot force people to get the vaccine this is all good material so what you need to do is read Jacobson versus Massachusetts so you understand and are inoculated against the idiocy of the mainstream media and the idiocy of the people who regurgitate the mainstream media That Jacobson, Henning Jacobson, didn't have to get the vaccine. He just had to pay the fine of $5. And if you read through the whole thing, the opinion of the court was that the statute in Massachusetts did not absolutely grant authority to administer vaccines. Contrary to popular belief. Look at what the federal judge has done in Louisiana. Read the Nuremberg Code. Understand informed consent. Look it up. Cornell Law School is the definition I read you. Permissible medical experiments. You have to exercise free power of choice without intervention of force, fraud, deceit, duress, overreaching, or other ulterior form of constraint or coercion. You cannot be coerced, incentivized, manipulated, you know, uh, the victim of fraud or deceit. You have to make an informed decision of your own autonomy without outside intervention. And the EEOC, religious exemptions for beliefs, observances, and practices, medical exemptions, everything from allergic reactions to anxiety. All of this is incredibly important if you want to defeat this horrible, evil tyranny. And if you really think, well, it's about public health, public health, public health, public health, public health, health." Eat some vegetables, because in every single study, a plant-based diet will prevent and can reverse heart disease, cancer, diabetes, the leading causes of death. However, a plant-based diet cannot reverse one thing. It can't reverse one of the leading causes of death in the United States and around the world. In the United States, the third leading cause of death, really the first and second because the treatments for heart disease and cancer are actually killing people and have killed people since their uh, introduction, chemotherapy, radiation, surgery. The third leading cause of death filtering into the first and second leading causes of death are doctors, iatrogenic illness. I submit all of this to you for your consideration. The EEOC, the Nuremberg Code, HHS definition of informed consent, Jacobson versus Massachusetts, and the federal judge Terry Dottie. I submit all of this to you for consideration so you're not afraid anymore and you're inoculated against the deception, against the fraud, against the coercion, against the duress, against the overreach, and against the evil. That is metastasizing in our world. But it's not new. It was happening in the early 1900s. And guess what? Turns out smallpox really wasn't caused by a virus. Smallpox was caused by unsanitary conditions. And it's kind of like with polio. You know about polio? According to the Associated Press more polio cases as of 2019 are caused by vaccine than by the so-called wild virus. That's the Associated Press. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teaching. Subscribe to the archive. Grab one of my books, Food Philosophy, The Technological Elixir, Occult Arcana. Support the show. Keep us on air. Thank you so much. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. We'll talk to you on the next broadcast.